0: Hello and welcome to The Digital Insight, the technology, procurement and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those who are leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. evolve. Welcome to part two of the Data Transformation Trilogy with Paul Balow, a leading digital transformation executive. In the second installment, we take a look at change management, two words that will either unlock your transformation or block it. Love it or hate it, change management is vital to any transformation. So why is it so polarizing? Automation and change are, and perhaps always will be, the key topics defining the business conversation. And for every headline that focuses on a new technology, or indeed a strategic roadmap, how often do people address the elephant in the room that is change management? Leading executives will tell you all day long about the significance of change management, but what does it actually mean? What makes change management more than just another trendy buzzword that gets trotted out when you need to try and quantify change? What is wrong with our approach to change management, and how do we actually do something about it?
1: Yeah, so so I think you have to really think about what's in it for the person, right? You know, an organization, you have to realize organizations exist because they generate revenue, right? They're not they're not there because you need a job, right? They exist, you know, some organizations exist because they have a commitment to the community, they're doing good. But most most organizations exist to make money. And they're smart enough to realize that the world is changing. So the first thing you have to really be cognizant of: it, Are you aware that change has to happen? When you when you look out your door and you see this thing called e-commerce, you see this thing called digital, you see this thing called drone, new technology, you see this thing called blockchain. Do you sort of put your head in the sand and you say, "Wow, you know, there's some interesting stuff going there," and you keep keep going, right? Fintech, insure tech, you see what's happening you know, in data analytics, you see what's happening in artificial intelligence and robotics. You either have to say, wow, the world is changing, right? So the first thing you have to be aware, and that means you have to have an open mind. And this goes along the confines of building commitment for change. If you're not committed to change, it's not gonna happen. I mean, just because I walk in a room doesn't mean I'm gonna be successful if I don't realize the culture Isn't really on board. Now you have to try to get them on board, right? But if they really mentally choose not to be, it's not going to happen, right? You just can't force it on people. So the first thing is when you're building commitment for change, it's this idea of building awareness and just saying, are you happy having what you have? Do you like working for this company? Do you like getting a paycheck? Would you like to continue this? <laughs> and if you do, we have to be aware that other things are happening, right? I mean, you look at the insurance business, right? I mean, you have this thing called InsurTech. You have these, these mobile app companies eating at the heels of these major insurance companies. Banking, right? You have these monolithic, multi-billion-dollar companies. And you have this thing that no one ever heard of once, in once upon a time called PayPal. It's outgrowing Visa and MasterCard. Right? So you have to be aware, right? Then you have to be self-concerned, right? You have to say, am I, do I have what it takes for the future? Do I have what I need? Do I have the traits? Do I have the, the education? Do I have the skill set so that I could harness what I think is happening coming down the pipeline here? So it's really this idea of being aware. It's this idea of being self-concerned that I want to take this company. I want this company to last another 25, 50, 100 years. And then I think you have to try it out. You know, you're at that point where you've come to get this, build this commitment. And now you're sort of at the tipping point, potentially, where you could say, wow, this is actually working or not. If it goes one way and you get the acceptance, people are going to realize, wow, this is great. So you have to realize change always started with negativity. No, you can't do that. No, we can't go to the moon. No, there's no such thing as PayPal. No, we can't have electric cars. But there are people say, whoa, 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 whoa. I disagree, I think the change could happen. And then I think once you have acceptance, you have this idea of a champion. And then people don't realize, they don't realize that they were completely against it until they actually were proven the fact that it did work.
0: You'll recognise the significance of sponsorship, get the backing of the board and the teams around you, and change comes naturally, leaving you to wonder, what were you even worried about? Any leading executive will tell you that if you don't have the sponsorship of those around you, you failed before you've even started. It makes sense of course, if you don't buy into an idea, you're not just going to willingly go along with it, are you? This is where storytelling comes in, obtaining quick wins and achieving results and being able to truly establish a sense of credibility. But change is different, and we as people aren't always wired to accept different. You can be the best storyteller in the world and have all the data in your hands to prove that fact, but for some, the sponsorship just will not come. So the question then becomes, what happens now?
1: Yeah, it depends. That's a great question. So I think if yeah, I'm, I'm of the belief that you want to ensure your success. So ensuring the success of transformation is really to understand what you're walking into, right? And do they really want to make change? I would say most people talk a good game, but they don't really want to change. They want like they want everyone else to change, but leave me alone, <laughs> right? So the CEO and the board, yeah, everyone else should change, right? But I'm okay. I'm fat, dumb, and happy. I'm making my money. I'm doing my thing. i get my book. But it has to truly be a commitment of change. And you have to make sure that people are emotionally connected to it. So when we talk about data, data is really the truth teller, because it's not me or you saying we have to change. Here's the data which says that your company will not exist. You're losing clients, and they're taking their business you know, other places. And when you look at the new clients you're acquiring, they're less than the people you're losing, and they're bringing in less money. So the data basically says you got five years of really runway here. You could basically say close the place in five years or say you want to be in business. So when we start thinking about change, data is really a critical arsenal that you could use. The facts and the truth are here. The data says you're losing this amount of money. The data says that you're losing this amount of clients. And the data is saying when we look at these actionable insights, here's a solution for you to actually look at. So it's not you or me, Daniel, saying to the, the, the organization there's a problem. Here's the data that says there's a problem, right? Now, if people don't wanna listen to that after trying to influence them and persuade them, I don't think there's really much more you can do, right? It's either you're gonna take the medicine or not, right? So at some point, they're gonna call me in. They're gonna call you in because the patient's gonna be you know, you know, know, cold blue And it may be too late to fix the company. Hmm. But the smart people realize we have to be thinking about this. We have to be looking at this. But there are projects that fail all the time. One, because there's not commitment. Two, because the people didn't do their homework, right? Really understanding, looking at the data, identifying what the opportunities are. Three, they were all about solving, but not really in the process of bringing people along. This is is not an individual game. This is a a team effort of really getting the buy-in, getting the messaging right, persuading people, influencing people, getting people to get excited about this, get the wins and build the movement. If you don't build the movement, it's bound to fail. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get the CEO on board, but if you get a group of people together, and you start building your tribe of change, and you start bringing it out into organization, and you're communicating the same message, that creates a movement. It's very hard to dissipate a movement as opposed to just a project. Transformation in the data world is not a project. Like, let's do this data transformation project. It has to be a movement. It's an end-to-end understanding of a new belief of what we stand for and what we need to do in order to make the company survive.
0: Change is necessary, but change is overwhelming. An increase in data is an increase in knowledge, and an increase in knowledge is an increase in power, but that doesn't make change any easier. Make a mistake and the results could be catastrophic, but remain frozen in fear and you can find yourself falling away into irrelevance. The only way to succeed when it comes to change is to try. But where do you even start?
1: yeah, so so it's a great question. i don't think so I don't think volume is the key, right? When we talk about data, I, I don't think it's just having this, you know, massive quantities of data, I think is having the right data. And I'm a proponent of having small data. I mean, I'm a proponent of having puddles or ponds of data, as opposed to oceans of data. I think it's a matter of having the right data. And it's really not about the size of the data. It's really about the action you to have to take. But the way I would look at this is if you're curious and you have a hypothesis of, wow, you know, I think there's something going on here. I, I, I have a feeling that there's there's an opportunity in this new market for a new product. That's where I would start. I always tell my students, don't have the data doing the thinking. You have to do the thinking, right? Don't just jump into the ocean and see what you see, but you should be curious enough to sort of have this hypothesis or an idea to support that. The other thing is to look for where there's problems, right? And look at, you know, how do you solve these problems? Right? There's, a, there's a whole field coming out of Stanford University called design thinking, right? Design thinking is the ability to take the, these, these processes and look at it from a human perspective and have the, the customer journey and have empathy and have data all combined and build for the customer. That's all about data, but it's not, hey, here's all this great data. Let's go build for the customer. It's here's the customer. What are we doing to our customers? How are they feeling when they're going through our process? How do we monitor this? How do we control it? And then how do we make great customer experience? I was just teaching about this last night uh, in, at my Columbia class, right? It was just like, look, it's not about the quantity of data here. It's about the purpose of the data. We have to take care of our clients, either online or offline, but it's not just taking care of the client. It's about how are we making them feel? So it's direct correlation between how someone feels and what they do. It's not just getting them at the end of the day to buy something. It's how did that process inspire us and how do we get them through at easy, these different stages, how are we making them feel? And then monitoring and controlling with the data. So there's multiple ways of doing this. The way I like to look at this is don't have the data drive the decision or the thinking. It usually never works. Have the customer at the center of this. And how do you make the customer's life better? How do you make the customer's journey better? How do you make the customer's journey static? How do we use data in order to make that happen? How do we use data in order to understand what the customer is feeling at different stages? So what we really have to start with is the problem, not with the data. In data transformation, it's not a matter of getting more and more data. It's about using the data in different ways to solve different problems.
0: Change is hard. And while it's not always the number one priority for a business, change is necessary in order to evolve. So if you're about to embark on a change journey and you cast your eye over your organization, your processes, your strategic roadmap, and both your existing and future technology, consider how you're going to get there. Consider the sponsorship that you need, the wins required, and how you can cultivate the culture that's needed in order to embrace change. It's time we reconsidered our love-hate relationship with change management. Join me next time for the third and final part of the Data Transformation Trilogy, where we explore the role of imagination and innovation in building the new world. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the Digital Insight Podcast.